A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hey everybody, welcome to Main Menu for the 17th of March 2017. I am your co-host Jason Castingway. This week we're talking CSUN with our guest Buddy Brannon. He'll be telling you all about what he saw as he, in his words, skulked around the exhibit hall. We cover things from braille to talking TVs to tapping on our knees. Next, Janine Stanley will be overviewing the newly released KNFB Reader for Windows. Enjoy the show, everyone, and happy St. Patty's Day to those of you who celebrate it. Hi, everyone. It's Janine Stanley, and today, Randy and Jason and I are going to be talking to one voice that I have yet to hear in all of the podcasts that I've listened to about this year's CSUN conference, and that is our guest and good friend, Buddy Brennan. Hi, Buddy. Hi, Janine. Hey, and we are joined by Randy and Jason. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, guys. We're going to talk CSUN, and we're kind of taking a different approach than everybody. We're going to talk about all the fun and cool things, of course, but we want to kind of hear more about the personal side of CSUN. And, buddy, this is is this your first time going this, to this conference? This is, in fact, my first time going to this conference. Ooh, living the dream of living many the dream. of us. Yes, <laughs> Each year I look at all those workshops and all the exhibitors and think, oh, maybe next year. <laughs> See, and I, 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 I kept getting sucked into the exhibit hall. There were a couple of workshops I wanted to go to, and then I, I looked at the time and I was like, oh, crap, that started 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Better stay here. <laughs> Sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> just a little late so this is quite the monumental conference and i know that you know we blind people certainly kind of have come to live and die on this thing you know in terms of new products and announcements and things like that um second only and probably a week second to the national conventions as as it's becoming but what did you what were your first impressions of this because i mean it is huge and it is cross disability so it's it's huge it's cross disability and i've been wanting to go to this for years i mean like it's sort of like one of those like you know any any blind person that's at all interested in technology like kind of dreams and fantasizes about going to CSUN, I think. And this year I finally got to go and I wasn't kidding anybody. I, you know, I went for work, but I didn't go for work. I went to go look at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, the phrase that you used. You skulked around the exhibit I hall. I skulked which... <laughs> around the exhibit hall, yes. Now, did you take um, it? Did you go with anyone at all or did you just go with yourself and your, your uh, guide or did you, uh, were you completely by yourself? Well, I went... Uh, it was me and, and Hilda, of course, and and uh, who else is who else needs to be there? But no, actually, our whole company went. Oh, okay. <laughs> our whole company went, and because the hotel is quite expensive, I mean, like it's really an expensive hotel. We um, we got a couple of Airbnb houses. We got one house for the guys and one house for the girls, and you know, the, the, it was um, it was cool. It was like. You know, I mean, like it was it was OK because, you know, pretty much all we did at the house was sleep anyway. So it was cool that the house is just this little funky square house that had little funky square rooms and drafty windows and stuff like that. It was that was that was fine because we pretty much just slept there. Oh, wow. So Airbnb actually worked with the guide dogs because I'm assuming Airbnb, that you were not the only one who had a guide dog in that group. Um, well, in, in from Nobility, yes. 
Um, I was. But, you know, this was only the second time I've stayed at an Airbnb. And, and in both cases, I, well, you know, I don't know if they told the person, if I don't know if Sharon told them when, when we booked that I had a guide dog, but they said animals were fine as long as they were, you know, we, we cleaned up after them and they stayed off the furniture and all that kind of stuff. Cool. So, and those who are not familiar, Airbnb is sort of like the Uber of of bed and breakfasts. So people have to make their own houses available when they're not there for other people to stay in through this particular app. And um, that's that's actually pretty cool that that you guys could do that for CSUN because yes, that hotel is insanely expensive, which is probably what's kept a lot of us away. I think. Oh, you ain't kidding. <laughs> And we took lots of Ubers and lots of lifts, and I had zero problems. Let's talk more about getting around, because apparently this hotel posed some interesting issues. This hotel has absolutely no landmarks whatsoever to navigate by. So just when I thought that I knew exactly where I was, I was wrong. <laughs> just oh, about wow. every time. Now, Hilda did did learn where the steps to the exhibit hall were. She learned that real well, but other, and, and, and like, you know, the 48 doors to outside. Uh, but of course, you know, you go out one of the 48 doors to outside and you never know which one you went out. What amazed me was that none of the indoor mapping solutions were actually implemented there. Were yeah, they? you know, I think, um, and, and I, I wish I had seen these people, but there's a Blind Bargains cast that that they have a Shelley Brisbane does a demo with some is an Israeli company whose name escapes me at the moment that I didn't see that apparently they had a couple of beacons out, but they weren't really, they didn't really seem to be going out of their way to promote the thing. Yes. And I think that technology is called right here. H E A R. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And it's sort of like the over there app, except it is actually based on beacons. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. You know, like any kind of beacon-based technology, you get what you get with the installation. And while, you know, these low-power Bluetooth beacons like iBeacons and, and the ilk uh, are becoming more prevalent and they're cheap and they're ubiquitous and all that, they're not standardized and they're not everywhere yet anyway. So, you know, I think that I, I think until we get a, get some standardization, there's going to be a problem. And I think there was actually a workshop at CSUN uh, on that very topic. There yeah. was, and unfortunately it was right opposite another one that I did go to that was all about Arduino for the blind, like like making stuff with Arduino. Ooh, and explain to our listeners what Arduino is, because I did not know about this. I had to be schooled by my 15-year-old nephew on what this ah, is. <laughs> yes, Arduino is a little teeny tiny embedded computer. And people use them to do all sorts of little, you know, all sorts of single task things. You know, you can use them to turn on things or or run motors or, you know, people use them to build things and, and uh, run. Can They're used in robotics a lot. And so yeah. yep. um, there are APH through another company sells some boards that are fairly accessible, um, don't require soldering, all sorts of good stuff so that people, so blind folks can start getting more into that and i'm kind of excited about that 
Wow. And that should be interesting to see what people come up with, you know, especially when you're talking home automation and for people who are blind but might have some other disabilities, too, and how these things can be made accessible, you know, not only from the the end user standpoint, but from the developer standpoint that that just increases employment opportunities, you know. Sure. Well, and, you know, like uh, uh, Joshua from Smith Cattlewell was saying, um, you know, makers is maker the maker movement and blind people are just a natural fit because we have to be problem solvers. Have yep. to. Yep. And that's Absolutely. what that's what the makers do. So, you know, there you go. So, okay, let's dive right into it. Exhibit hall. So, okay, what last year was the year of Braille. What stood out this year for you there was- in the exhibit hall? There was a lot of Braille still this year, a lot. Um, of course, the graffiti tablet and the Orbit Reader 20. Ooh, I would love um, to see them get my hands on that graffiti tablet. Oh, the graffiti tablet is cool. Um, I mean, like, not only do you get uh, a tactile graphic, but the pins go up at, like, three different heights. So you get uh, you can get, like, a relief. Oh. Uh, you know, you could you could like have, like, a topographical map. I can see this. Wow. Um, in, and it's going to have HDMI output, so it's going to be real easy. Oh, wow. But I can see oh. this hooked to the output of, say, an oscilloscope or um, maybe even a microscope. Oh, wow. I mean, how cool would that be? That would be amazing. I, I just can't even oh, – that got me very excited when I heard that. I thought, oh, you could actually feel the output of you know, all of this STEM equipment that kids are using. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. But I, I love the bit about the math where you could actually feel the print characters of the math mm-hmm. problem. Like, wow. So there was that. Of course, the Orbit Reader. I was hearing all about how how the refresh rate is slow on the mm-hmm. on the Orbit. And um, yes, the refresh rate is slower than instant. It is slower <laughs> than instant. However, I think that it's fast enough that even a, a really pretty good braille reader can keep up with it um i i you know i'm you know, we're talking like a quarter of a second wow. maybe a little bit more um to refresh a 20 cell line wow and the braille wow. is very nice you know how okay you know how like on on all braille displays ever no matter how firm you have the dot pressure uh, you can push the dots down because yep. they're a little, a little bit spongy a little bit yeah uh-huh. no no, these are firm. They feel, I mean, when they go up, they stay up. They stay put and they don't move. Wow. So if you've got any sort of neuropathy or anything, this is going to be great. Are they shipping this um, this masterpiece as of yet or did they have a shipping date? They didn't have a shipping date, which is a bit odd because what they did tell me was that units are going to distributors. Ooh. So that means... That that sounds like it means weeks, and as opposed to like months or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were we were hoping for this by the end of 2016, but it looks like you know now that units are going to distributors, it may be a reality mm-hmm. before the summer conventions and something oh, yeah. that you might I be think, able to get there. Wow. I think well, I think well before and and you know while while the end of the year shipping date slipping didn't you know while it was disappointing it wasn't exactly surprising you'll remember orbit research was the company who also made the i bill and you'll remember Mm -hmm. that that shipping date slipped by several months as well yeah yeah absolutely so i can't wait to see what orbit is going to work on next so it's like one of those good news bad news things with them apparently i guess Mm -hmm. that they have initial issues getting 
getting the ball rolling and getting manufacturing started. But once it's going, it's it's fine. And the, the awesome thing about this is that should come out right about the time the creator's update for Windows 10 comes out with Braille support. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, that will be killer, I think. Yeah, wow. Microsoft had a big presence, and I'm sure that uh, Jeff is going to fill everybody in on all that. But they had a huge presence. They had um, they had several seminars. They had uh, a booth. They had you know like they were they were all over. Let's see. Of course, you know, Hims came out with their new uh, Polaris Polaris note taker, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Neobrille is coming out with theirs. I think they're planning to ship this month the um, the Neobrille. Okay. Which has Amazon and uh, um, Amazon's, um, yeah, should I say her name? Oh, my uh, gosh. Voldemort. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> our little digital friend. <laughs> yes, yes, the other little digital friend uh, built yes. in. Their kind of interface was interesting because it not only had the usual four-way navigation thing, but it has like a dial, like a like a jog wheel. Oh, um, Interesting. Yeah, it was it was kind of, it was it was I've never seen anything like that before, but it was kind of interesting. Ergonomically, it felt all right. The little bit I I played with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of other companies that were from China that, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> that had some talking watches and the talking and braille watches, and you know they sell we sell to a Maxi Aids and and they have a. They're the people that make the uh, MP3 uh, Daisy book player that Laz Mesa sells through Talking MP3 oh, sure, players. Sure, but, yep. Oh, okay. But they actually have another model that he doesn't sell that they made me very good deal on. I hope that uh, that these players maybe can get Library of Congress certification. I don't have any any inside information on that, but I did try oh, to wow. put. I did try to put those guys in touch with the library, and we'll cross your fingers. But um, so, with those you know, players, do they have online support, or are they strictly? They do. Plug- oh, they do. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Now that sounds uh, pretty incredible. If they get NLS support. Yeah, yeah. Yes. This one has online support, online uh, internet radio. So it was it was good even just for that. Oh. If you can get you know you can get a big old playlist of internet radio stations, you've got. Oh my gosh. You've got potentially a much cheaper solutions radio, except not really. Oh my goodness! Radio looking. My my spouse would love that. The person who will not use the iPod that I bought him for internet radio. So. (laughs) Oh no! Excellent. No. So so does he have a Victor Reader scream? He does not. No, unfortunately, he has not embraced any of that stuff. He has an old school, inaccessible player. It's great because it's got uh, got the whole Utunes um, database in it. Oh, yeah. and it's got all the internet radio you want. And yeah. since Utunes has been fixed, it's a screaming app now. And uh, yeah, oh, really? Wow. Oh yeah. And Excellent. now that they have does recording work on it yet? Because uh, I not, think recording not, was broken as of this date. Uh, what is this? The fourteenth. Today's the yeah fifteenth. No, uh, no. And we're, so oh, did you get a chance, buddy, to see any of the uh, Amazon products while, while you were there? I did. I wanted. I, I actually wanted to, you know. And and that's one thing, you know. Um, the seminars are are great, but personally, I get more out of like interacting with people and like having hands on things. Right. 
Um, so the exhibit hall is great. No, I did get to see the the Amazon, and I and I got to play with um, Fire TV, oh. and um, I like the remote. I like, I mean, like the remote is actually a good size. It's not, it's not, you know, you know how Apple's trying to do like the Apple remote, iPhone, iPod, anorexia edition. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. won't lose it in your couch. In other words, you won't lose. You shouldn't <laughs> lose this one in your couch cushions. It's a little bit. It's thicker. It's a little bit bigger, but it's still small. And it has buttons that make sense. Now, the reason that I mentioned that is, uh, man, it's been almost a year ago since we interviewed Peter Korn. And I have really become interested in one of the statements that Peter made on um, a podcast that Shelley did with him. And it Mm -hmm. was that um, the device, and we're talking about Fire TV, will be incorporated in some of the moving forward TVs coming out. I, I, I heard that. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah, all of the that TVs so that he mentioned were bloody huge. Cool. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm still... I, 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 I'm still chuckling over the fact that now a 32-inch TV is considered small. Yeah. Yes, I, I just, I can't. Remember back in my, the day when, you oh know, we gosh. thought 25 inches was a yes. huge TV? Absolutely. We've got a 25-inch console television for $2,000. Yes. So, they were talking about Westinghouse, and they were talking about a couple other brands. Now, Yeah, there was another brand that I'd never heard of. Um, yeah. Same here. Now, d- does that mean Westinghouse is under a new name? Like, uh, they had mentioned Samsung. But have you ever gone to a store, and I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of chuckling to myself, but I have never looked for, for a Westinghouse TV. Um, Neither have I. I have seen them, but I have never gone into a store and said, yes, I'd like to buy a Westinghouse TV, please. <laughs> yeah, and, and we shouldn't laugh. But I'm sure they're really good, a good company. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but but I, you know, I'll tell you what. I, at this point, I really wish I had bought a Fire TV stick instead of the Roku. Uh, Express oh, because you got the, the Roku, huh? Oh yeah, I got it before accessibility came out on it because they were promising it, and of course oh. it was like a month and a half late. And then when it came, it was like, "Are you kidding me? This thing's using flight." Oh, which for those who don't know is, I can't even describe the quality of speech synthesis that this is. Think 1989. Okay. Think 1989. Just. It's. It, I mean, it's. Uh, the good news is it's okay. It's it's small, and they they cheaped out, man. They did the bare minimum they had to do by by like putting in the cheapest synthesizer they could find, which was the free one. Yes. It and is. the thing sounds like he's talking while he's gargling in the back of his mouth. If you have any kind of hearing impairment, forget it. it it's it's. It's workable to a point, but it's not the optimal setting. Yeah, so. you know, I'm thinking I'm just going to stick this Roku in the back of a drawer and get me a Fire TV. I'm glad that you a, finished that statement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to suggest, getting the Fire TV there. I mean, the stick is like 39 bucks, but what I can't yeah. get my head wrapped around is, now why would someone want some, uh, like the TV itself to use with apps that aren't accessible. Am I uh, getting that correct? That's my understanding. Because I asked, I asked one of the Amazon people that, and they said, "Yeah, the the Fire TV is more powerful than the Fire TV stick. It's got a faster processor, more memory. You can play games on it." But I mean, like they both have the same TV functionality, which is pretty much what most of us are going to want. So, 
Uh, I think it's probably safe to get the Fire Seven TV, but thirty-nine bucks. Yeah, yeah, but the but the navigation uh, with the uh, with the voice remote was was really easy. I didn't have any problem with it, and um, if the hints that uh, Peter Korn dropped oh, about yes, yeah, but I wonder if they're true. Video are true. Yeah, if they're true, that's going to be fantastic. That will be huge, I think. And and again, a game changer kind of in the space, just as some of the information that we heard on our last main menu about TiVo's accessibility, which was just startling. And I don't know if they were at CSUN or not. I didn't see them. They weren't they weren't listed as an exhibitor. Wow, they wow. should have been. They yes, they been. should have been, given given the accessibility of some of their devices now. But now we're talking about TVs and we're talking about Braille. I'm going to talk about the Braille product that I'm lusting after, and you know I what that is. I want to do index basic printer. Uh, yeah, well, that too. Oh, but. I would those, yeah. <laughs> the dot. The dot watch. I saw the dot watch. Yes. Oh, tell us about and it. In fact, I finally got him to show me a demo of the of the of the Braille scrolling. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite as cool as the active scrolling on the handy tech displays because mm-hmm. you have to actually touch the left or right side of the of the uh, display right under the braille to get it to scroll, but it does work. Mm-hmm. Um, like the braille on the orbit, the braille on the dot watch is very firm. Oh, good. Um, that was my other concern: was how firm is this going to be? Oh, it's it's I very knew. firm. Um, oh, good. It on the ones that they had out, the braille could have been a bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um. But the uh, interview on the other podcast suggests that um, that that's going to be an improvement they're going to make. But the other cool thing about the dot watch is that the feel of the cells, okay, they're spaced out a little bit more than what is standard, but not enough to really be distracting. Mm-hmm. It might actually be good for people who are newer to Braille and still getting used to it. Mm-hmm. But the really cool thing about it is it feel, and I'm not, I'm not even kidding. It feels like paper braille. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh how interesting! And I can't really explain how, but it does. Hmm. It and doesn't that may feel metally with... or penny or plasticky. It feels more like paper. That, yeah, I, I understand the analogy there. Wow. Yeah. Um, interesting. Now, why would no? This is deemed a smartwatch, right? Mm-hmm. No, why? Well, the, go ahead. It's, it, I think it's. Maybe a little bit of a stretch at the moment, but I think that you know, as the ecosystem grows and more apps get developed, I think that it can kind of grow more into that. Mm-hmm. But wow. so far, I guess it'll only you know display alert alerts and uh, messages and things like that. Um, I think that it said that it, I think it might have an accelerometer in it. I can't remember, but if it does, I can see some real possibilities. Oh, absolutely. For some of the fitness apps, heart rate. Um, I just like the idea of being able to check an alert quietly under the table at a meeting yep. without having to have an earpiece in, you know, to mm-hmm. do the, mm-hmm. the Bluetooth earpiece. Um, that would be wonderful. And, I agree. Uh, that I could go for. Um, I'm not sure that I could read it fast enough because I'm not a terribly fast Braille reader, but it would definitely be something worth uh, worth playing with, I think. Would oh, sure. Very. And the price is right. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing. Now, what is the price on that unit? Uh, about three hundred dollars. Wow! Oh, shut up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, about three hundred dollars. You know what? What else did you see that was kind of off the beaten track? 
Um, were, we've, we've got all the usual suspects. I'm saving the best usual for last. suspects. We've got the we've got the uh, of course the handy the new handy tech display. I, I kind of drooled over because if and and especially if you're a musician, you would love this. It's got the active braille that that will literally it it tracks where your fingers are and will literally scroll the braille. Um, at your reading speed, so you never have to touch it. It was just the coolest oh, thing that ever. That is amazing to me. That would yeah, be fun it to really play is. with. Um, but if you're a musician, this is, it's a 16-cell display. But, you know, with the active scrolling, it's like, you know, 16 cells isn't doesn't seem to be nearly the problem that, it, that, that you'd think it would be. But um, if you're a musician... This thing can, like, if you if you write music braille into it, it will play music braille. It'll play music back to you transcribed from the music braille. So, Jason, how useful would that be? I guess depending on, you know, what kind of music music you're writing. But, would I mean, I'm just thinking of students, how useful that would be. Oh, yeah, for like a scratch pad or for doing like different harmony and, and trying to get things, you know, like kind of a composition tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a Braille music reader, though I studied it a little bit, but for someone who knows it, it would be fabulous. It, it frightens me. <laughs> it's like Braille math. It frightens me. I think it's just the irony of, you know, for years, we were shifting over to synthetic speech because Braille was really out of our reach financially, etc. Now we've got this explosion of Braille devices. I just hope folks are I reading. Love it. <laughs> mm. I, I think it's amazing. It's it's brought me back to, you know, my refreshable Braille to say, okay, what can I do faster in Braille? And what can I do faster, you know, being able to have quiet, you know, and a quiet yeah. interface with my computer as opposed to the speech. For a long time, I only had a refreshable Braille display that was that needed to be connected hardwired to a computer. And only more recently did I get one uh, that could independently run away from the computer. And I I can't say enough good about how nice it is to have that access to Braille wherever I am. I can type or I can just read. Uh, it's great. So with all Ooh. of these devices, buddy, that you've seen, let's say, uh, not that I want to pick on any one company, but like you lay your fingers in this uh, tablet-like device and you can orient yourself, which would be, I think, really a great thing because I can never... Oh, get... you know, I didn't see that one. I heard about it, but I didn't see uh, that one. Well, y- you know, I, I just have problems with inputting Braille. I just, like, I can't get my head wrapped around it. I, I You know, I can put a uh, computer together in my sleep, but I can't input Braille. Same, a, here, a Brandy, same here, Brandy. Same here. So, oh yeah, no, no key, yeah. no keys is kind of a weird concept, and it's like, yeah, it's a little, you know, because it, it's, you know, you're you're expecting something tactile, and you're not getting it. Well, I, you know, so I, I mean, I can lay that. my fingers down on my desk, and you know, know what an L or an M or an uh, or a P is. I mean, I could do that perfectly, but they don't translate well for me, you know, inputting Braille. But with all of these devices, and not that I'm bashing any company or anything, but do you see that these devices will stay in the market, get better? Do you think they'll disappear? I mean, there's so many of the note takers that were around for like a year or two or a year and a half, and then they just disappear. Mm-hmm. They're on Android that that is a long past. You know what my um, record for tech predictions is like, but I, I actually, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I think that certainly the established players are always going to have a niche. Some of the newer ones, like the Neo Braille and the uh, that other one that has the 
indentations in the glass for you to mm-hmm. braille into yep. that um i don't know i hope so i would lo- i'd love to see more competition more innovation but what i'd really like to see is competition and innovation that actually drives prices down yeah i was seeing all these wonderful devices but i'm still seeing prices in the you know above three thousand category mm-hmm. for some of these mm-hmm. which is startling and you know um i did like the, the concept of the indentations in the glass, I thought that was fascinating. And for me, I don't know about you, Randy, but for me, that would make it much more appealing to Braille on a flat screen if I had some sort of marker. Some sort of tactile reference. Yeah, yeah. yep, yeah. yep. Because that's what, that's what messes me up is I kind of lose my place tactily. And then then I, well, you know, I lose which dots I've done with which hand. There's and, a little bit of irony, too, in, in the fact of um, a tactile uh, tactile reading mode being non-tactile. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot there. to wrap your brain around, I think. And uh, for some of us, our brains are lucky to wrap around, you know, um, <laughs> well, hear you. basic functions. So I hear you. So, so yeah, there are there are there are three things that I that that really impressed me at CSUN. Of course, one of them was something that a lot of us have been talking about for ages, and uh, something about which I've had mixed feelings. That's Ira. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, yep. Um, yep. We did recently do a show about the yep. IRA system, and you actually got to test drive one with an I actual got to test IRA drive agent. One. Now, now here's here's the thing. I, I mean, I'm sure that people can understand what I mean when I say that I've ha- I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, I can see how it could be terribly useful in a lot of situations, like you know, getting around those airports and and uh, big, huge open shopping malls and things like that. But on the other hand, how do you feel about being remote control blind guy? I had never heard it put that way before. But yeah, and, and at what point does that replace learning some blindness skills and what happens when the mm-hmm. batteries go dead? And I think we talked to... And then to, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, talked to Nick oh, Giudici yeah. about that. Yeah. So, so um I got to play with it, and that, and and actually using it really put a lot of my um, conflict to uh, to rest. I think because really you're driving the thing, okay? Uh, you know, you you can determine how much or how little you want. When they set up your profile, they ask you things like, okay, how do you like your directions? Do you want clock face? Do you want left right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like, well, I'd like a combination of the two because left right to me means a hard left or a hard right 90 degrees yep. where as you know if you say turn to your nine o'clock that just sounds awkward um but a combination works or you know and they'll ask you um you know things like that how much detail do you want um in your profile and you can always adjust it so you're driving mm-hmm. the thing so how um, did the glasses feel you were the the google glass the glasses, device yeah the, yeah i got to be a glass hole and, um, <laughs> and I'm leaving that in. I don't care. I'm well, we always in. thought of you as one of those anyway, buddy. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a pain in the glass. Uh, absolutely. Oh. Um, so what, what you've got, you've got three things. Um, you've got the, the, the uh, cellular hotspot. So you're not going to actually run down the battery on your own phone, which is great. Yay. Yay. Um, so you've got your cellular hotspots that you put wherever You've got um, the the Google Glass, which just feels like a, you know, like a pair of sunglasses. If you, I mean, I'm, I'm I've never been one that likes 
likes you know likes wearing sunglasses. I've never mm-hmm. been like the stereotypical wearing the dark glasses thing. It just was never anything that. So it felt weird to me having the having glasses on my nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they weren't heavy or anything. They weren't awkward at all. Oh good. Uh, and then you've got the uh, aftershocks uh, headset. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got uh, a speaker behind your ear for Google Glass, where it's where you have where you hear Talkback telling you that it's on or that it's you know whatever whatever's going on with it. And then you've got the um, uh, aftershocks headset with the voice of your uh, IRA agent in it. Well, inside the hotel, the cellular reception was terrible, and it kept dropping. So we had to wait and call them outside. Got outside, and she walked me to um, one of the dog relief areas so that Hilda could do the needful. And it was great. It was um, it was something between what I figure it must be sort of like to see and and having a very very descriptive friend over your shoulder the sort of friend that nobody has because no matter how descriptive your friends are they've always got other things to do right so um you know we were, we'd be walking along and 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 I'd get a play by play okay so on your left you're passing by the hotel on your left on your left is thus and such restaurant you're walking between uh planters with uh with these flowers in them and on the sidewalk is a diamond pattern and on your right are um are uh, is where taxis are parked and i mean like all of these details oh, wow are fantastic because you can go back and refer to them later you know and like i say you can get as much or as little as you want but um it was just really kind of cool to have that much detail of things that you may not ever have any um any way of knowing any other way Mm-hmm. that people may not necessarily even think of telling you. Yeah, and that part of it I could totally get on board with. I'm thinking how fascinating that would be. Mm-hmm. You and, know, and it was, it was never, like I say, and the instructions were never intrusive. It was, you know, okay, you need to go a little bit more to your left because there's a blended curb there, uh-huh. uh, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And see, for that kind of level of training of the operators, I'm willing to pay. I'm, I'm definitely willing to pay for that that level of interaction and that level of trained person. Oh, I was you know? super impressed. So we have the IRA system. So we what have the IRA. were the other two there things? There were two other things that were sort of hidden gems, in my opinion. Um, one was from Google, of all things. Ooh. And it's Ooh. called Liftware. This isn't a ver- this isn't at all blindness specific or even blindness relevant. However, um, because there are those of us that have multiple disabilities, this could be a thing. Liftware is um, well. They've got two versions. They've got one that um, compensates for uh, for tremors, like if you have Parkinson's or or something Ooh. like that. Wow. Um, so it'll keep your, it's basically what it is. It's silverware. It comes with a soup spoon and you can get a fork too. And it'll, it'll, it'll keep your fork or your spoon that, that you stick on the end of this handle. It'll, it'll, um, compensate for, uh, for your tremors. The other one, which actually I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to get for Melanie is for people with limited hand strength, limited, uh, motor, uh, fine motor skills. So, um, 
you've got this thing and it's got a strap on it. So you can just stick your hand through it. You don't even really have to grip it much. And um, what it will do is it will keep your spoon level. Like oh. you can twist it any which way you want, and it's—I mean, like I was—I was feeling it. And it's got a little motor, and it's zoom, and it zoom, you know, like zooms uh-huh. this, you know, flips oh, the spoon wow. right side up and keeps it level. Coolest thing! Wow. And, um, hundred ninety-nine dollars for the basic one, which just includes one of the handles and a spoon attachment. Another thirty-five dollars gets you the fork. Um, they say it's good for an hour of continuous use or about three meals. Oh, wow. That's um, amazing. And then that just recharges, right? It just recharges, yeah. And it's wow. uh, lift, liftware.com, W-A-R-E, okay, liftware.com. Oh, great. That's L-I-F-T, not L-Y, like the car company. Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's lift, Got like it. you're lifting something up, liftware. Wow. Oh, and now see, um, that is just – and this is what CSUN is about, is these kind of hidden gems for – people with additional disabilities or other disabilities that we don't even think about. And that's, that's pretty amazing. That wow. was cool. The other one literally was hidden because it was in the back corner of the exhibit hall, like Ooh. literally like, a, like in the back, back corner. And I wouldn't have found it had I not met this um, teacher that was also going through the, through the exhibit hall. And she asked me if I had seen it and I hadn't. And she said, well, let's go back and look at it. This is cool. And this is this one. And this is the one that I got to interview uh, for a couple of minutes, and will be on the other podcast, um, on the Blind Bargains cast. And that is, uh, it's called Tap. And um, you know, like a lot of uh, tech people, the website's not great, but it's tapwithus.com. And that's one P T A P T A P with us.com. And um, they're coming out. Uh, they're releasing in August. They're shooting for, but Ooh. what this is, yes. And Janine, you can even you can even wear two of them at once and <gasps> tap twice as fast. Oh, um, wow. so uh-huh. what this? <laughs> and no, this has nothing to do with the cane, or because you know all no, of it, us it, think tap. We always think the tap nope. of the cane. You know, nope. no. no canes. Oh, this and is no, a wearable and, keyboard. And no is that? Yes. yes. It's like a, it's it's not a glove. It's sort of like a strap, but you put your fingers through it, and you wear it. It's very lightweight. I mean, like you could, you could walk around with it all day and probably not even notice it and and do whatever you needed to do with this thing on. But what it is is, um, it's a it turn. You tap your fingers on any surface. It could be your lap, or it could be like a table, or whatever in different combinations of one, two, up to five fingers at a time. And it um, translates those into characters and sends them like, it's it's a Bluetooth keyboard, basically. It, it interfaces with your phone just as if it were a Bluetooth keyboard. Wow. Um, so here, so here, here you go. Um, and, and by the way, they have committed to uh, putting in voiceover gestures as, as tap commands so you can wow. have phone completely without your phone. Oh, so you could, you could have your phone your pocket. Hidden, hidden in your pocket so, like, you know, you wouldn't have steal me written all over you. Mm-hmm, you thank you. Headset, and you could have your tap on your hand and just tap, 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 tap. Nobody would know what in the heck you were doing. They would just think that you were nervous. <laughs> well, they think they're ready, but <laughs> they do. Yes. Now, didn't oh, Smith wow. Kettlewell have a have a patent on that, or, or weren't they working on something like that about four years ago? 
I don't know, were they? Yeah, wow. they, they were. And uh, they said that they were really looking forward to having it come out. And there was a demonstration on it. God help me if I can remember even where it was. But but uh, the guy, the main person there was just really excited about it. And then I didn't hear anything more about it. So I wonder, huh. if, I wonder if he went to work for them or if it was a, you know, just a, a forward-thinking individual that made this. But how much was this device? Well, they're projecting it will be, quote, well under $200, um, oh. but something over one. My Thanks. prediction, mm-hmm. my prediction is going to be 129 but mm-hmm. don't take my word for it. it I, I was just going to say, with Buddy's predictions, it'll be, you know, 299 or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> something it could, like it could that. Be, it could be like, well, yeah, we wanted to be under well, well under 200 but we had a little problem and we had to. <laughs> Yeah, I think we should all get one and then shake hands and see what happens. <laughs> oh no! Oh, now what would be really fascinating is if you could pair that up somehow with Braille. So you've got Braille mode, and you could go and wear that thing and actually do Braille anywhere. Actually, they want to do that. They oh, do wow. want to do that. They do want to have a Braille mode. Oh, that would be amazing. That might actually get me into, you know, doing the Braille. Because, like Randy said, you can sit there and do it on your desk yeah. or, you know, on your on your thigh or whatever. And that's fine. But then you transmit that to, you know, the glass surface of the phone and somehow it just goes sideways. But I would think um, it would pair with, uh, with Braille, uh, you know, on the phone wow. side too, wouldn't it? I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, or handwriting or something like that. Because I use handwriting a lot, actually, on my on my iPhone. I use that particular mode more than I more than I think I do. You know, sometimes I just pull up the handwriting and do something that way. So, wow, I, I'm looking forward to this thing. I put myself on their their mailing list to get some announcements about that. So, wow, oh, I put I put my name on their list too, but I haven't, uh, of course, <laughs> haven't gotten anything yet. But uh, not yet. But I I bet but we're we will waiting. On. We're, we're waiting quite eagerly. Yeah, hopefully that will be uh, that should be pretty amazing. And on probably on our next show because we'll, we'll we'll pair this conversation down quite a bit. But we'll be talking to Jeff about more of the workshop side and the more professional side of of CSUN. But uh, buddy, anything else from the convention hall? Anything else from the exhibit hall that oh, gosh. stood out? Um, did you get any good swag from this convention? That's always, a, you know, what were the giveaways this well, year? Well, let's see. Um, somebody was giving away koozies. Of course, Microsoft had their keychains. Google was giving away retractable headphones, like Ooh. retractable earbuds. Ooh. Um, Pearson had... Not goodies. No, but they had tennis <laughs> balls for the guide dogs. Oh, and oh no. Had, oh, jeez. <laughs> Access Oz, which is a web accessibility company in Oz, was giving away uh, koala keychains that have the little little uh, furry koala that that has the you know you squeeze it and it opens its little hands and you can. Oh hang yes! Oh my gosh! Yes, I remember yeah, I have, those. I have that. Awesome. I have that I, with my Kong from uh, Top Dog on my keychain. Oh, cool! <laughs> See, I was I was thinking, you know, uh, Access Oz. I was thinking OZ, and I'm thinking, oh, they're giving away emeralds. Oh, excellent! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Actually, that it is Oz uh, OZ, but uh, oh. you know, of course, that means Australia. That's like I the, see. 
course, lots of course, lots of pens and. Um, oh yes, I can imagine. Yes, I think yes. DQ had a T-shirt and. Uh, wow. You know, um, somebody had a had a, a can koozie that folded up and had braille on it. Yeah, um, at the Google party, they gave us like these nice cotton tote bags, but um, there were a couple of couple of pretty good parties. Um, that was that's another aspect of CSUN is the socializing and the parties and yep. I've heard some infamous stories about some of these parties. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of you know I'm I'm kind of kind of low key with stuff like that when I get around a lot of people it gets a bit overwhelming for me but um, but I went and I enjoyed a couple of drinks and met some nice folks including one of the guys that was working on indoor navigation at Google. And and he said something about how they're doing 3D mapping with open street map open street maps for indoors or something. Oh wow! Now see and, that I think will be the way to go. Is that kind of indoor mapping versus a, uh, uh, an installable system? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that way you've got that kind of mapping. It can be updated easily. It can be changed when need be. You know. Um, that just makes a lot more sense to me than, say, a beacon system that has to be installed by somebody and then, you know. And then maintained. Yes, yes, yep, absolutely. So, wow, that will be very interesting. The, the unfortunate part about that is, you know, the the venues that get the 3D mapping are going to be the huge ones first. Right, but right. But, yeah, he was the, basically saying mm-hmm. that, you know, it doesn't, you know, because asking was, does it rely on beacons? Does it rely on Wi-Fi yeah. hotspots? So he says, no, it doesn't rely on any of that. It just, you know, uses the 3D mapping. And I guess maybe it, maybe they take a picture from your phone and compare it somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm not or really sure. Or somehow using your accelerometer or something as yeah. you move through that space. That would be interesting to find out how exactly they're, they're you know, interfacing the two. That would yeah. be fascinating. Hmm. And and so much of this is being done for, you know, the first responders and the, the folks who have to go in and rescue people from disasters and things like that. And, and God forbid, any kind of terrorist attacks. I mean, that's what a lot of this mapping is being done for. So mm-hmm. um, interesting kinds of things. Wow. Wow. Um, speaking of 3D, finally, did you see any 3D printing being done in interesting ways? Surprisingly, I didn't. Um, wow. I mean, I, I, I know that there's stuff out there, and of course the American Thermoform people were there, but they were mm-hmm. highlighting their, you know, um, Brailo 3, what was it, Brailo 350 or whatever, $20,000 oh, Braille mm-hmm. printer. Yeah, <laughs> industrial printing. Industrial yes. printing, yeah. Definitely industrial printing. But, no, you but know, 3D printers are the coolest things ever, and it's amazing how cheap they're getting. Mm-hmm. And I see more and more things with Braille being able to be put on them because of 3D printing. I see that there isn't a lot of excuse anymore not to put Braille on things with 3D printing. Right. Well, and, well, and especially since you know there's the you know there's the Braille font and and mm-hmm. easily accessible Braille translation, and even yep. even if you don't even want to deal with um, contracted Braille, you know, Braille mm-hmm. one Braille is super super easy. Well, it has been so much fun, buddy, speaking with you, and uh, thanks for coming on Main Menu and giving us your impressions of the CSUN Technology Conference. Great. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Actually, Ah, this was fun, and CSUN was also fun. (laughs) It's great virtually talking to you, buddy, for the first time in... Yes, in forever. (laughs) 
and and you too, Jason. Yes, great to talk with you too. Well, thank you all, and we will be back with more about CSUN from Jeff Bishop on Main Menu. So long, everybody. Hi, everybody. It's Janine, and I have now the hottest product from CSUN right here for you. It is the KNFB Reader for Windows app. And we wanted to give a short demo of this app and a little talk about what it might be like to get this app and use it on Windows. You can use this particular app with a webcam with a plugged-in scanner, as I'll show you today, or you can use it to do OCR on files that you receive, which we'll also show you today. You can go ahead and save that output. So first of all, how do you get the app? Well, the first thing that you're going to need to do is have Windows 10. This only works on Windows 10, of course. The second thing you're going to need is a Microsoft account. And the reason that you'll need a Microsoft account is that you will be going to the Windows Store to purchase this product. You can get to the app in the Windows Store in one of two ways. First of all, you can go to the KNFB Reader site, which is knfbreader, that's R-E-A-D-E-R, dot com, and there is a direct link to the Windows Store on that particular site. Or you can go to Cortana on your Windows 10 device by hitting your Windows key, and that, of course, brings up the box for Cortana's search capability. And if you do not have the app on your computer already, you simply type in KNFB Reader, and it will bring up the app entry in the Windows Store. And there will be a Buy button. You'll see the price. You'll see all sorts of other information about the app, much like in the Apple App Store, if you happen to use that store quite a bit you'll know it looks very familiar and when you hit enter on the buy button you'll notice that it will begin to ask you questions about your payment method etc so let's go ahead and bring up knfb reader i'm going to go ahead and hit my windows key cortana window search box edit blank and all i have to do i just type kn knfb reader trusted windows store app one of three there we go. And I'm going to hit enter. KNFB reader. KNFB reader window. Scan image button control T. Scan image button control T. Now, it comes up on either the take picture or scan image button. And I have it on scan image because I happen to have a scanner plugged in. But let's take a look at our home screen. I'm just going to use my tab key to tab down through the home screen. Image source combo box cano scan lead E700F collapsed. So there is my scanner, and if I hit the up arrow here, I'll show you what else I have. Integrated webcam. I do have a webcam, but the webcam on my computer is not very good. I've tried using it with KNFB Reader, and if you have extremely bright lights, it works great. If you don't, it doesn't. So um, typically webcams on your laptops are not of the highest quality. They're there for video. They're not there for, say, text recognition. So it's sort of like using a very old cell phone, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But if you get, say, a 12 megapixel webcam or something really nice like that, you can certainly plug it in. There are a couple. One is the Ziggy Cam that the KNFB Reader folks recommend that works quite well if you need a portable solution like that. But I happen to have mine plugged in. Cano scan leads my scanner here so let's tab down process multi-page document toggle button not pressed control b so here you can do a multi-page document if you choose multi-column toggle button pressed 
this will read multi-columns. Now, if this is pressed, I believe it will go up and down the columns, so sort of like reading a newspaper. If you press this and deactivate this particular feature, it's going to read across the columns. So if you have a table, it will read across the table columns, like a bill or something like that. Default OCR language combo box English collapsed. Main menu toggle button not pressed. Here is our main menu, and we'll go into that a bit later. But for now, let's just scan a simple document. So I'm going to scan image button control T. Okay, here's our scan image. I already have a piece of paper in my scanner, and I'm just going to hit enter. Okay, and you'll hear my scanner starting up here. This literally takes only as long as your scanner takes to do the initial scan. Now, veterinary hospital. Inc. 596 Oakland Park, Abe, Columbus, 043214614267-3124-www.napbet.com, item 0200. Okay, I'm going to just silence that. Let's take a look. Right now we are in the document pane. We're actually, if you do your arrow keys, you're not going to hear anything. But let me tab down. Previous button, Control-B. Here's our previous. I'm going to Shift-Tab now, though. Document. Knapp Veterinary Hospital, Incorporated 596 Oakland Park Ave, Columbus, Ohio, 432. Okay, we'll silence that. So now we're in the actual document, and I can move with the arrow keys. www.knapp.hospital incorporated, Eshore Drive, Columbus, K9 Golden Retriever ED, 0242686241121708700, July 26, 2016, July 26, 2000. Examination Dental Disease Evaluation Line Booster Lepto 405. Okay, there we go. We can see my one of our dogs got their shots that day. Now I'm just going to tab on down through the options. We saw a previous. Previous button control B. Play button control P. Next button control F. And these are similar to the buttons in the KNFB Reader app. In fact, this looks a lot like the KNFB Reader app on your iPhone. Default voice for language combo box English collapsed. Decrease speed by 10 button. Speech speed slider 73. I like this speed slider because you can do it by increments of 10, or you can go to the slider and 68, 73. Do it by increments of 5, which is actually really nice depending on what you're reading. Increase speed by 10 button. Main menu toggle button not pressed. Okay, here is our main menu. And I'm going to go ahead. Now, here's the thing that you have to keep in mind for this particular app. There are keyboard commands that you can absolutely use, but the escape key is not going to get you out of this screen. <laughs> so to go back to our recognition screen, I'm gonna do it kind of the long way. We're gonna go into our main menu. Pressed. Okay. List, acquire image not selected one of four. Acquire image, that's the screen that we were on before. File explorer not selected three of four. There's our file explorer. Settings not selected, 404. And there's our settings screen. Now, there would also be a reading pane if we were reading something. So, I'm going to... Go File explore. Acquire image not selected. Selected. Scan image button, control T. And see, we're back on our home page now. Now, I'm going to go ahead and look at an image that is already in my computer. Let me go back up to our main menu with Shift-Tab. Main menu toggle button not pressed. Pressed. List. Acquire image one of four. Reader not selected two of four. And there's our reader in case we would like to read something. File explorer not selected three of four. We're going to go into file explorer. Selected. 
Explore files on this device button control E. Open dialog file name. File name, combo box collapsed. Edit all. And this is a pretty standard file dialog, so I'm going to shift tab up here to my list of files. Items view list. Video TS not selected. Row 1, column 1, 1 of 9. Photo March 10th, 1.47.41 p.m. Row 2, column 1, 5 of 9. Actually, what I have here are photos, and these are JPEG files. And these are signs that I took pictures of around our building, and I don't want to spoil you on this one. Smoking room March 10th, 1.47. Okay, so we're going to do this one. This is the smoking room sign. And it is a picture of a sign. And I don't know about you, but I use my canopy reader for this all the time on the iPhone. Not so convenient on the laptop. But this is a picture that I had emailed to me of a sign. And I'm just going to hit the space bar to select it. And File name, combo box collapsed. Edit Alt plus N. Selected smoking room mart. KNFB reader. KNFB reader window. Explore files on this device button. Control E. Button. Document. Blank. Zero, zero, smoking lounge. And there we go. We have our text for that particular picture. So if there's any text in that picture, it will try to recognize it. I have some other pictures on here. They're a little bit too dark. I also have some PDF files here. And if you have a graphic PDF file that you pull it up in Adobe and you can't read it and it says empty or graphic, etc., etc., you can bring it into KNFB Reader and have it easily translated just like you can in the iOS version. So this is a very nice app. There are a few other things the app can do, like save your files, save them in either the KNFB format to read, or you can save them in different formats if you'd like to share them with other people, share your scans, etc. That can all be done. The manual is in the app. Currently, the app is $99.99 in the Windows App Store. It does go on sale from time to time, so please be on the lookout for sales around convention time and special blindness events like White Cane Day and different events like that throughout the year. KNFB Reader for Windows is just a really, really handy app. This app may not do everything, but it certainly does scanning quickly and easily. Now, we just need them to bring this to the Mac OS platform. This is Janine for Main Menu. Main Menu is a program brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs on Friday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream, and it repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can grab it live on any internet-connected device by going to acbradio.org mainstream, get it as a podcast, use ACB Link for iOS, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. If you have any comments or ideas for your own submissions, please feel free to email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Main Menu. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Music